Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Solar Surge podcast. Hey, if you're new to the Solar Surge podcast, this is the show where we, we talk to the top CEOs, the top thought leaders in the solar plus storage industry. Uh, and today we have a very special guest for you here. George Kuo is the Senior Director of Product Management at Canadian Solar. And he's going to be telling us all about the new Canadian Solar Battery and their partnership with EPCube and the new product that we've been covering uh, on the main Solar Surge channel. And so, George, welcome to the podcast. It's very good to have you on, sir. Well, thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's good to talk with you and go from there, share some of our uh, experiences. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this interview. And, and I guess, you know, just, just to start out, uh, you know, one of the things that we're seeing in the industry is that there is a lot more interest in storage. And we're seeing new players getting into the storage market, whether it's it's you know just new startup battery companies uh, or companies like like yours where you know you're, you're an established solar brand, but now moving into the storage segment. Whereas before, you know, Canadian Solar, I typically think of the solar panels themselves, um, but now moving into the storage space. So I guess George, you know, let's start out. Could you tell us a little bit why did Canadian Solar decide to get into the storage segment, and can you explain a little bit about how your partnership with Eternal Planet came to be? Sure, um, I'd be happy to. So you're right, Canadian Solar probably best known for uh, PV module manufacturing, but we we essentially have two divisions within the company. One is selling components, uh, modules, inverters, and so on and so forth. The other one is developing projects, right? Um, the entity name is called Recurrent Energies. So it was about three, four years ago, a lot of the large utility project that recurring energy developed, starting to have uh, energy storage as part of a requirement. And that's how we got into the storage part of the business. Um, in in our uh, earnings call probably here uh, 2021, we put in uh, 850 megawatt hours of uh, utility storage. And last year it's about 1.4 gigawatt hours worth of, of storage. So with all those project pipelines, it makes sense for us to become more vertically integrated. So we design and build our own battery modules to container size, uh, utility storage solutions to apply for our projects. That's how we got into it. Then we look at the residential side, we can also see uh, that part of the market segment uh, will be a very fast growing segment of it. So Eternal Planet, it's actually not our partner. Eternal Planet is part of Canadian Solars. So we're a majority owner. Uh, they're the subsidiary of our uh, uh, portfolio. So they are Canadian Solar. It makes sense because as we have uh, built the utility storage portfolio, we can build uh, the residential portfolio. Again, fully inter vertically integrated in the sense that we uh, design our battery modules, battery pack, uh, BMS, software, hardware, so ours, and the hybrid inverter to go along with it, with the intention to make this much more integrated with our module development as well. So it makes a lot of sense. That's great. That's great. And that's actually news to me because so much of, of my focus has been on the residential side of the market. Uh, you, you touched on utility scale projects and developing utility scale projects and utility scale storage. 
Now, of course, the the product that we're most familiar with here, and and the one that I think kind of got the two of us connected, was your new residential battery called the EP Cube. And so, I guess, can you talk a little bit about making the transition from developing utility scale projects and and utility scale storage to the EPQ product, which of course is designed for individual homeowners. So how, how did that, how did we get here? Yeah, so it's different, of course, it's different in the aspect of market segment, right? Utility storage is a 20 foot container. You probably don't want to park that on your driveway. Although that would be a pretty cool for a right. block party. Uh, but residential, we're always in that market because of our module sales uh, globally, right? A big portion of our portfolio is on the residential side. Um, adding the electronic parts of it, adding the battery, which we see is uh, absolutely the future. Uh, it just makes sense. It's an easy transition from a business perspective. The tougher part is how do we build a best-in-class product, right? Uh, we are tier one manufacturing, we do have a reputation we want to keep in terms of reliability, performance, and so on and so forth. So that was a harder part. And that's why we decided to invest in our own company, right? So we have full control of uh, the whole product quality, uh, features, uh, services for that matter. Sure, sure. And that makes a lot of sense. And I can definitely see some convenience there for, for installers. And we'll talk more about that. What, what, what does this mean for potential installers? But can you tell us, George, a little bit about the market opportunity here? Um, because again, this, this is a new residential offering that you have. And I'm just kind of curious, what do you see as the overall market trend that led to introducing the EPQ product as, as the way that you have? Sure. I, and I'm also going to say, I don't think I'm going to surprise you or most of our audience here. Everybody can see the storage is becoming a key uh, complement to solar, right? PV plus S, it makes sense, right? You can have, now you can have continuous use of the energy throughout the day and at night. Um, what we see the market, first of all, that just focus a little bit on North America. Uh, this is, even though we're a global company and we are selling our EPQ globally, but let's focus a little bit on North America. North America and the West, we have, uh, uh, natural disasters or environmental impact that cause uh, outages in power. Uh, for that matter, uh, California, you heard a lot about. Texas happened in a winter storm and Florida in the East Coast with the hurricanes. So power outages is, is, uh, it's not, it's not if it will happen, it seems like it just went. So there's that part of it. And also the utility cost is, uh, it drives to different type of uh, sophistication and how do you want to use a grid uh, energies, right? Is that is an economic or financial um, reasons? And uh, finally, everybody's uh, using more and more electron electrical components, appliances, vehicles, and whatnot. The convenience of a battery to ensure you have enough of uh, the energy when you need it is uh, compelling. Finally. The cost, right? Affordability uh, is also uh, the key driver. Uh, let's just start off from the battery. Cost of battery has gone down tremendously. The IRA from the government is also helping the industry quite a bit. So we see the market as a growing segment. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, well, I'm sure that that the regular viewers here are, are well aware with the change in the net metering rules that happened in California. And although California is just one of the many solar markets in the U.S., you know, it, it does tend to be a trendsetter in terms of solar policy. And so we, we are seeing that many of the policies that led to such a huge explosion of solar in California, those policies are being changed now to where you really have to have battery storage to get the best payback from your solar and to be truly self-sufficient on solar, you need to have battery storage. Now, this is something I've been doing for a long while. I've been kind of the, you know, the weird battery guy for the 10 years. I've always wanted to do batteries with solar because that's where the true energy independence comes in is when you not only can you harvest energy, but you can store the energy and choose when you want and how you want to use it that's when you're truly getting to energy independence. And for me, that's what this solar is all about. It's not about saving cash. That's a benefit too, but it's really about achieving energy independence. Yeah. Um, anyway, so to, sorry, go ahead, George. No, I just in agreement. So, so anyway, about California though, I, I think many of us consider California to be the trendsetter in terms of solar policy. And so, where now you have to have storage to get the full credit for your solar and to allow you to self-consume your solar, we expect in the near future, other states are going to, to apply uh, or adopt similar changes. We're already seeing uh, North Carolina, what North Carolina just did this month. Um, and then other states will more most, most likely move to a similar you know, time of use or a different import export rate type of scheme, just like California has, which means you need to be able to store your own energy if you want to get the max the max payback. So George, I guess if you would, let's talk a little bit then about, you know, how was your battery architected to to take advantage of or to help solve the problems that were introduced by these new net metering, these new net metering tariffs where you know, you're not getting a one for one buyback anymore. You may have to use the battery to shift your to shift your consumption so you can avoid peak rates. So how does your battery help to solve some of these problems? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, and I also noticed on uh, one of your podcasts, you also kind of look into the different operating mode uh, or our product EPQ. So you're probably familiar with this. So first of all, I, I do want to just uh, give a quick background of the product so everybody knows what we're talking about. So EPQ for us includes a hybrid inverter, which means I can take the PV directly as a DC input, or I can connect to existing PV system as an AC coupled system. So we have a hybrid inverter, we have a stackable batteries, we have a uh, control center, we call a smart gateway that manage and control all the different energy, uh, energy source and where they're going to flow to, right, including to the grid. So some of the stuff uh, uh, California is doing, uh, in, in, a, in essence, is that they want to raise, is a, you're gonna pay as you use, depending on which part of the day you want to use. Uh, it could be very, very high rate at the peak hours, or where I live, uh, that's part of the PG&E uh, territory, uh, evening rates between four to eight is like 53 cents. Uh, and the, other time of the day is 38 cents. So from a financial perspective, you obviously want to use what's cheaper uh, versus what's most expensive. So this is where the battery kind of come in. Uh, we have, uh, we build in a few different modes, depends on what homeowner's strategy is. 
the strategy depends on what motivates them to use a battery, right? Is the, it could be the full backup mode in case of a power outage. This is where we keep the battery charged at a certain percent. It could be a self-consumption mode. That means I'm going to use off of my energy off my PV and my battery before using to a grid, right? And the last part would be, okay, let's build some uh, smarts into this by indicating the rate of uh, uh, your utility company gift on different hour a day, and the system will figure out what's the most economical way to use your batteries and or use the grid. An example like that would be, let's use my battery during the peak time, uh, peak charge, and recharge the battery if I need to uh, at the uh, least expensive part, you know, midnight or, or early morning. That's just one example ways of it. This is cool. So you can actually program your utilities rate schedule. Like let's say PG&E, I see the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge behind you. Right? So let's say it's PG&E, they have their different different time of use schedule, right? So you can actually program that into the battery software and then the battery will use its intelligence to to optimize when when you when you charge when you discharge yeah absolutely uh make it simple for the homeowner right let the uh let the program take care of that for you so the homeowner all you need, need to do is to enter in your rate and uh that's cool go. that's really neat that's really neat so okay now, now, George, one of the things you know, and, and and you know, you probably got a sense from it on the Solar Search channel too, is that there, there's a lot of batteries on the market now, and many of the solar installers who are going to be tasked with with actually putting these systems together for homeowners, many of the solar installers now, um, maybe they haven't done batteries in the past, but now they now they're kind of forced to do batteries if they want to continue on the solar business in California. Um, what would you say to an installer who's new to storage? What are some things that they should be considering when choosing which battery to offer? Because mo most installers are not going to just offer every battery. They're going to have to be selective about maybe try one or two, learn it, get you know, build up some proficiency, and then see how that, that's working out. So what would you say to installers who are new to storage? Why should they consider your product compared to some of the others that are on the market? You know, I'm going to answer that by telling you a conversation I have recently. So part of my job, uh, well, part of the things I like to do is go around and visiting our potential customer, right? In this case, will be installers. Uh, I just made a trip through uh, Florida recently. Um, exactly, you know, some of those new installer or electricians, uh, they heard about our storage. They say, "Wow, it's gonna be, this is gonna be complicated. How do I compete against a, a diesel generator?" or propane generator, you know, that's the kind mm -hmm. of conversation I have, right? So it's not to the sophistication of uh, equipment they worry about is, well, how do I install this? What is, what is the basic benefit and so on and so forth. So the solution to that is make it simple, make it as simple as possible, right? And, and obviously it's a, a veteran like you, you have seen the, different type of competitor for them to ground out the system. They will have multiple components, third-party components. Sometimes homeowner have to integrate all the different companies' product together to make a system work. Um, we're trying to solve that problem. You know, for us, there's an EPQ with a hybrid and a battery. There's a smart gateway, our panel, boom, you're, you're there. Uh, full home backup, 
you know, that's another buzzword, but essentially so we're making that work simple for electricians. Put us in between the service meter and your main panel, which drive the whole thing, right? Uh, components like uh, auto transfer switch, uh, CT, current transformer, all that is all integrated into our product. So the first questions that we talk, we show our case to those new installer is, look, it's not that hard to do. Right. Second part is how do we build all those intelligence features into the product without a big, huge user manual for installer to figure out how everything's going to work? You know, all the time of use features, uh, weather watch, uh, you know, so on and so forth. Right. Everything is built in. Everything's uh, controlled via the mobile app for the homeowner. It's very simple. So we show that to the installer. Say. For you to talk to your homeowner, it's not a fancy VCR. You have to learn how to program. <laughs> this thing is just do that. That makes sense. Uh, so, ease of installations, ease of use are big care about. And the third part they always want to figure out because installers actually are best salesperson, right? They're the one have to communicate and communicate and convince the homeowner. So, what are some of the value propositions? Generator, again, recent conversation we have, right? So their thing is, how do we tell homeowner you should use battery instead of generator? I said, well, the usage of generator, you know, I use a simple word, is for people want to survive, right? Whether the power outage, you want to survive, you need electricity, so you have a generator. And so you put up with a little bit of noise, maintenance, and all that kind of stuff, but you have your uh, uh, insurance, if you will. Okay, great. Battery can do the same thing. Doesn't make that kind of noise and doesn't require you to do yearly maintenance. And guess what? Besides the survival mode, you can actually save a little bit of money because during the day, you can run the battery automatically, especially if you have a PV system on. You can't do that with a generator. You have to go out and start a generator and all your neighbor know when you start a generator. Right? So, uh, it's right. just an example of the composition which tried to uh, help educate our installer friends. Yeah, no, the, these are great points, George. And, and you're right, because the way your product is architected, I mean, it's really just two pieces. If you were to look at the finished install, it's basically two pieces. You have the, the transfer switch or the, the gateway, and then you have the hybrid inverter with the battery. It's all one stack. You know, you have your inverter on top and then you have, you know, however many battery storage, I think it's minimum three up to six battery storage cells underneath of it, but it's all basically one piece against the wall. Um, and of course the DC coupled wiring is, it does make for faster wiring, right? There's, there's not MLPE on every panel. You've got to, you know, there's just more connections, more potential points of failure with, with a DC coupled system. It definitely is a cleaner, faster install. Uh, and I know that having installed DC coupled systems, not this one in particular, but when I was installing, we were using, you know, Fronius inverters, SMA inverters that were, were DC coupled string inverters and they, they install fast. That's one of the advantages. They install very fast. Yeah. So. You should try sorry, ours. Ahead, <laughs> so you didn't have the chance yet. So you should try ours and then make a comparison those on the actual installation experience. Um, so far, all of our customers that install it, Love it, right? So uh, again, we try to make a simple list of points of failure. Um, yeah, so that would help adoption. Yep, yep. 
And then of course, you know, um, on the homeowner side, you know, we, we need to make sure that we're being mindful of homeowner requirements too. So you touched on, you know, having, well, I think you touched on the comparison of whether a homeowner should invest in a, in a generator, like a, a fuel burning generator or a battery. Um, obviously there's many advantages to the battery, but as you know, George, many people choose to have both, right? Many people choose to have solar plus storage and then the generator backing up the battery as a last resort option, which I think your product supports as well, correct? Yeah. Yeah. We have a specialized port. We call those enhanced port to support a closer interaction with the generator, closer interaction with the EV charger, and closer interactions with the existing AC couple. Well, when I say closer, meaning much more intelligence, right? We have two-wire communication to generators. So from our uh, smart gateway, we know when to start a generator, as an example, and when to stop a generator. Uh, EV charge is still also the same concept, right? And so on and so forth. So what we're seeing a lot with, with these new hybrid solar and storage systems is, is not only the ability to use a generator to recharge the battery. Like let's say if the solar is not producing, the sun's not shining, well, you can use a generator power source to recharge your batteries so you don't lose power completely. But what we're also seeing is this ability to hand over control of the generator start stop to the hybrid system. So whereas a typical home backup generator, as soon as the grid goes down, the generator will start immediately and it'll run continuously until the grid comes back. That burns a lot of fuel. If you have a hybrid solar and storage system, the battery can be your first level backup. So if the grid goes down, immediately the battery kicks in, leaves, uh, keeps power on in the home uninterrupted. But then only if the battery falls below a certain critical level, let's say 25% or 20%, then the hybrid system can send the signal to the generator to start the generator, let the generator run, power the house and bring the batteries back full. And then you can shut the generator off and go to running for a couple more days off of battery power. So using the generator in that manner helps you stretch your fuel supply a lot longer or helps you avoid a lot of fuel cost and a lot of, a lot of unnecessary running hours on your generator's engine. Um, and still still make use of the solar and the battery as your primary power source. But uh, right. George, I'll throw it back over to you. That's all I wanted to explain. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, right? So it has to do with what's important uh, for the owner of that system, right? Uh, if the person would have a PV, you know, he can run the system during the day, um, but in, maybe in the prolonged uh, weather for whatever its purpose, uh, you don't get, you don't have a luxury of a solar power that you need uh, the next source of the energy generated is perfect parts of it. Um, and, and the intelligent part of it is how do we integrate this three different system into the same uh, control, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of the exciting stuff. And by the way, uh, with generator, you also want to match how, what kind of AC bus you, you can support. So for our design, we uh, we went with a standard 200 amp AC bus, and we have 100 amp uh, breaker for the generator side. So uh, great. So you can take yeah, take full advantage of of the full power of a of a whole home generator. Like you know, most most generators now are 22 kW for a whole house. So you want to be able to to take advantage of that full generator power. So that's where that 100 amp having that 100 amp input comes in handy. Yep. 
So, well, George, as, as you know, I mean, we are dealing with some unique environments uh, or unique market environment, I should say, right now in solar. We are seeing some things that we haven't really seen before, um, namely higher interest rates for project financing. Um, we already touched on the net metering rules changing in, in a number of states. But what do, what do you think installers really need to focus on now uh, to be successful in this environment if they're going to be offering storage as well as just solar? Yeah, uh, there's a few things, unfortunately, right? Interest rate went up. Um, so what we see on the market is actually transition back to the PPA or third-party owned type of options, the lease options, if you will. Uh, that becomes much more attractive again, a lower monthly payment for the homeowner. Uh, government is also helping, right? The IRA give you a huge uh, percentage of uh, your your cost and the tax credit. So that's that's something you need to be, uh, you know, making sure owners are aware of it, right? To get that back uh, in the <laughs> next year. Um, so besides that. Um, just to just be educated on the fear of a homeowner may have about the battery storage, the safety part of it. That's another part that, you know, interesting enough, people do ask about it. Right? So battery safety, uh, you kind of have to stress the fact that our system goes through the 94508, right? Uh, the latest UL safety requirement for battery safety, fire safety, right? Contain so that's another degree of assurance seeing you safe. Um, yeah, uh, I think you know it's an education with our uh, installer friends, and so they can describe um, more effortfully with a homeowner. The cost is you know, <laughs> there's relief on that, the safety taken care of, flexibility of it is taken care of. And lastly, it is a good financial investment because you help you save money. In the region where they have a virtual power plant program, there's actually an opportunity for you to make money as well, right? By participating in the BPP. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I want to unpack a little bit what you mentioned earlier about the lease, that 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 the solar leases, the PPAs are coming back into fashion. So So essentially what we're talking about is if you're a homeowner and you want to go solar for whatever reason, if you don't want to actually own the system, but you want to, you want to be able to, to take advantage of the benefits of the system, whether it's lower cost of electricity or having emergency backup power, it's now possible to lease the system with a low monthly payment. That way you don't have to worry about eligibility for the tax credit because the company still owns the equipment, you're just you're just paying the lower monthly payment compared to if you were to stick with let's say PG&E or or um, or uh, Edison, right? And uh, but you can still have the 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 benefit of the battery backup. So it's like you're getting you're getting the lower your electric bill and you're getting this backup generator for free is kind of one way to think about it. Now it didn't used to be that way. My understanding was now again I I'm not, I've never been a lease guy. Everything that I offer has been purchased, you know, whatever, like the homeowner would own it. But, but my understanding was that the leasing companies didn't like battery storage. They were not offering friendly terms to battery storage, you know, three, four, five years ago, because they had to keep the cost down to a certain level, I guess, for the lease, for the lease payback to work. 
But but that's different now, isn't it, George? The leasing companies are allowing, even requiring that you include batteries with the systems now. Isn't this correct? Yeah. So I'm not so close to all the details of the leasing options they offer, but certainly battery with PV is, uh, uh, I will not, I will say it's not frowned upon, right? It's a more likely encouraged because it's more of a value for them. Um, so yeah, it's uh, compared to years back, it's a little bit different. Battery is also safer too. The degradation is better. So, you know, with the LXP chemistry, you know, the degradation rate is pretty low. Right? So safe, low degradations, so good thing for the leasing. Yeah, well, let, let's chat about that for a little bit too. I, I know our, our longtime listeners and followers are gonna be well aware of the difference between the, the old lithium ion, the NMC chemistry, and the newer LFP, lithium ferro phosphate or lithium iron phosphate, which is considered sort of the, the current state of the art, the safer, definitely the safer of the two chemistries. Uh, but for those that maybe aren't as familiar, George, with all this, all this uh, um, technical details, could you just give a high level comparison uh, of the two sure. and why, why is the LFP chemistry superior? Superior for home, definitely. For home so backup, yes. So the two different uh, chemistry, right? The NMC that gives you higher power density, faster discharge, but with much lower runway temperature. What does all that stuff mean? I just said, higher power density means I get more battery power, right? The amp hours for uh, uh, for smaller volume of space. Higher power density, faster discharge means I can drop the uh, energy out very, very fast. So all that's are good for automotive, automobile, right? So cars need acceleration, EV car needs acceleration, all that. So you're gonna see a lot of EV car using that battery. But the problem with that is two things. One is it has a low runaway uh, temperature, okay? So the thermal runaway is when the battery reach certain temperature, it will just continue to Compound is a, a increase in temperature of fire, All right? So you, you want that temperature, resistant temperature as high as possible. But MMC is uh, having low uh, value of that. Um, and second thing is degradations, right? This thing degrades much, much faster. So uh, if, if you look at historically older batteries, they don't last very long, right? They drop out their uh, uh, state of charge down to you know, 20, 30 percent, it just matters a few years. LFP is almost exactly opposite of this. It it does not have as high of power density, means it requires bigger volume to produce the same amount of energy, right? And doesn't have as fast of discharge rate. That means I it's not as good to try to uh, start a car, run a car, accelerate a car, stuff like that. But it's much safer, right? Have much, much higher uh, runway thermal temperature. Uh, it's much, much better degradation curve. For example, our batteries, uh, we warranty you to maintain 80% or more of the charge after 10 years, right? So <laughs> that's pretty good. A lot better than my iPhone after three years. It's uh, <laughs> pretty good. Right. Yeah. So those are just a little bit comparison. So LFP becomes a much better choice for uh, home storage because home storage, the, the uh, volume space is not as big of a deal for us. I don't have a small car I try to fit in. Uh, 
but now I got the safety concern. You don't want your house catch on fire uh, by running hot. And uh, I got my reliability degradation advantages, right? So those are the perfect combinations. So yeah, you gotta see, you probably hear some of the some of our main uh, main competitors also switching from MMC battery to LFP chemistry uh, recently. So everybody's recognizing the, the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think LFP is, is the state of the art right now. I mean, it is, it is really the, the, the standard in terms of home battery chemistry. And so we like to see that. Well, George, I know we're running a little bit short on time here after some of the, the technical difficulties that we had to overcome, but uh, I guess what, what else, what else should the audience know just about, about battery storage and the market in general, and also about your company and your, and your product. I'll, I'll give it to you to close, sir. Sure. Uh, we talk a lot about technology. We talk a lot about features, uh, but you know what? Also, uh, I whenever I present this, I get a, a very very pleasant reaction. Is EP Cube look nice? <laughs> it's very <laughs> sleek, round corners. It fit into your nice house, no problem. Uh, the color is also, you know, it's not a little bit better because it does not show the dirt or wear as much. Uh, so that's kind of an X factor, if you will, if I quote your uh, uh, comments before from the other reviews. Uh, <laughs> sure. So yeah, the homeowner look at it and say, wow, you know, that actually looked pretty cool. Uh, it will look good on my beautiful house. But the other part, I also, whenever I show this, I get a reaction from the installer, is the dimension of this, right? We kind of touch up a little bit about our battery is stackable modular. So it has a lot of bench there. You can customize the to the battery size with the home need without you know wasting money on it. So that's part of it. But it is vertical stack and narrow, right? What that means is a wall spaces. When you try to install, you know, I got installer said, yeah, I got windows here, windows here, this whatever, you know, uh, not necessarily chimney, but you know, a lot of stuff on the on the exterior wall or interior wall of a garage or whatever, you don't have room for wide type of a battery, right? It's actually more suitable for a vertical stuff. So it's a uh, design friendly, if you will. So that's some of the positive reactions uh, we get from people looking at our product. What Canadian source going with this is we're launching this globally. And we are on our journey to have more and more integrated um, renewable uh, equipment solutions for our customer. A uh, lot of uh, efforts got to go into the software aspect of the integrations uh, because that's where, you know, <laughs> this is where the world's going to, right? We build the foundations, hardware, but there's a lot of software to make it smart, make it uh, nicer and smart home friendly. So on and so forth. So that's a little bit of that. And uh, lastly, uh, try to figure out how to continue with the uh, uh, technology uh, enhancements, right? You mentioned LFP is the, the latest trend. Absolutely. But let's look at, you know, three, four years down the line, right? Some of the other type of uh, uh, battery chemistry or type of battery control would be something that we're interested to uh, continue to enhance for our customers. That's great. 
Well, folks, again, this has been a, a chat with George Quo, Senior Director of Product Management at Canadian Solar. We've been talking about the, the Canadian Solar EPQ battery and, and just the solar and storage market in general. Um, hey, folks, as always, if you're getting good value from the information that we publish here on Solar Surge, make sure you hit that uh, thumbs up button. Uh, and also go ahead and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already, so that you'll be notified whenever we have new programs like this. Our goal is to get you at least one podcast episode, full-length podcast every week. Uh, and again, we're talking to the top business leaders, thought leaders, innovators in the solar plus storage industry. Well, George, I just want to say thank you again for taking time to uh, come online and to chat with Solar Surge. And we also, we look forward to catching up with you at RE Plus so that we can do a more of a hands-on uh, demo uh, or, or, or at least a one-on-one -on -one interview with the product physically there with us. Because you are right. I mean, the product does look nice and, and that, that might seem like an insignificant thing. But the reality is to a homeowner, if this is a box that's going to be bolted to the side of their house, people are going to see it. And for the installers too, I think you made an excellent point that having a, a slim stackable battery, and by the way, if, if, you're, if you're selling solar and storage in California now, you know what I'm talking about, because if there's not room next to the meter box to put the battery and you have to move the battery 50 feet and your installer tacks on a $2,000 adder that cuts, cuts out your commission because they have to run all this extra wiring to the other side of the house where there's more, more wall space to work with, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So there definitely is a benefit to having a modular, slim, stackable battery that you can fit into, particularly some of these smaller California homes where you just don't have as much working space. Uh, but anyway, folks, we're pretty much out of time for today's episode. So uh, um, I do want to thank you for tuning in and uh, we look forward to catching up with you on the next podcast episode.